Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is our Christmas special. It is the first episode of Turf Talk, Jock Talk. It might end up being a little spin-off series. We do it. We hope everyone likes it. No racing analysis, no previews, no serious discussion. And we're bringing out the big, gun, big guns for the first edition. Joining us today, a good friend of the Turf Talk show, making his first debut on the podcast from Cheerley Park Stud, and probably the best bumper expert on racing Twitter, is Ed Priest. How are we doing, Ed? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. That's a bold claim. I wouldn't be saying that myself, but very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Joining us as well is another... Well, they're all friends of the show, really. I'm not going to have someone I don't like. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, probably the only man on the planet who's as boring about the National as I am, Adam Webb. Good to be back. <laughs> Always good to have you on, mate. We've got from the Racing Post a man who last time he was on the podcast said he was going to move to the Falklands if York Hill won the rehearsal chase. Oh. Uh, so I'm assumed sitting with the Penguins is Matt Rennie. Uh, yeah, I'm currently sat in Buenos Aires and they're not liking the Falklands chat. Oh. And to round off this festive edition, you'll know him from the Christmas classic Shrek the Halls, it's James Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Why, hello, I'm back again. Uh, as per usual, as per usual. What this is, it's, we're going to do this as a little bit of a panel show, we've got a couple of questions, uh, the lads are going to come up with the answers. Whoever's, whoever's responses I like most, I find funny, so I'll give points to her. I'm making it up as I go along, and I've got full control. I'm basically like a sexy Yorkshire version of Kim Jong-un. Uh, so we might as well get stuck in to the first question. The biggest sporting event from away from racing at Christmas is, of course, the Darts World Championships. Famous, of course, for the big walk-ons. Well, not really this year, but normally. If you could give one horse their own walk-on music, which horse and which song would you pick? And the random draw, unfortunately, means that James Watson is going first. Well, I'll happily kick this off with the 67 race maiden Sussex Road (laughs) to Don't Stop Believing. I like it. I, I think he's thoroughly deserved that walkout music because one day, one day that three-runner race, something might happen where he'll won't just get third-place prize money. Oh, good old team Sadiq. Ed, can you beat that? Well, that was my first choice. Was it? The exact same combination. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop leaving. Uh, luckily, I've got a few ideas, so we'll go with number two. I've got I had an image of Barney Roy walking back out into the parade ring for his first race back after his curtailed breeding season with David Brent's Free Love Freeway blaring out. <laughs> it's just hysterical, him swaggering in with all these colts desperate for a nice filly and he's there, rocking up, been there, done that. <laughs> David Brent style. The artist man at school, Barney Roy, sitting at the back of the bus. <laughs> Matt Rennie. Yep, um, so th- I don't know how relevant this one is anymore, given what he just went and did in Hong Kong, but I chose the, the one of the fittest horses in training in Mogul, um, <laughs> and I thought you could just have a whole chorus of football fans just shouting, you fat bastard at him. As he <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's the first round and he'll come on for the efforts. 
There's a similar horse that I've got for that as well. Oh, no. <laughs> oh go on then, Adam. Can you beat Big Fat Mogul? Well, well, I was at, well, I was at Aintree. I finally got to go to a race course and Santini walked in the paddock and my first thought was, you fat bastard. Um, <laughs> no, I, I had other suggestions as well. I had um, Boover Dare for when he first comes back. They play Walk of Life by Dire Straits because obviously he had the coronet band in his foot. The foot's taken a long time to heal, so he's going to walk back in that paddock, do the walk of life, out on the race course, potentially wins. And the one that I went really back in the annals for, I went back to 2001 and Paddy's return. And what he did in the Grand National, maybe the next time he'd been on the track, did a play chain reaction due to the carnage he caused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a very, very niche one, but I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Paddy's return who was loose and absolutely wrecked the 2001 Grand National. Well, he tried, he tried on several occasions to do it as well. <laughs> oh, they're all belters. With some of the other horses I chose, I didn't go back that far, but I did in the uh, absolute <laughs> cheesy classics. And I've, I've, one of them, Goshen, has to have a bit of the, the all-time greatest boy band of all time, JLS. Um, which <laughs> my, heart, my heart won't beat again after what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That was, yeah, that's one of the more controversial ones, but I'll stick with Mogul. Oh, wow. Oh, we've got off to a start there, boys. We've got off to a start. I think, if, I think I'd have quite liked to have a, a Styrian for lunch coming out to Miley Cyrus if I, I came in like a wrecking ball <laughs> after his effort in the Supreme last season. Uh, question two. One thing we've missed out on in this mental COVID Christmas year are the pantomimes. I've never actually been to one, to be fair. What a sad Christ- what a sad childhood I had. Don't bother Where- me. It's a waste of time. I think it had probably been lost on me as a kid as well, to be fair. I refuse to take part in my Christmas nativity play. I want dressing up as a sheep, even when I was fourth or above <laughs> that. Uh, when in racing, did someone need to hear the shout, he's behind you? Matt, you're kicking this one off. Frankie Dettori on Lady Aurelia at York. It's uh, it's still sickening to this day, isn't it? When Marsha nabbed her, you know, if, if ever Frankie Dettori needed it, it was then. And uh, I'm sure he turned into a big pantomime villain with plenty of punters on the Knavesmire afterwards. I like it. I like it. Adam, what about you, mate? I went back in time again. It was the first example I thought of. But Kieran Fallon, Kieran Fallon, uh, Kieran Fallon Senior, on Ballinger Ridge at Lingfield, where they stuck the first time blinkers on back in 2004. He went 10 lengths clear. He eased up. He looked the wrong way. And Jamie Osborne's rye came and got him right on the line. And there was hell on earth afterwards. Oh, dear. Oh dear. It's a shame it's not on YouTube, because honestly, you're watching it, you're thinking, look the other way, look the other way. And he's been caught. Oh, yeah, it, it didn't go down well. <laughs> I'm going to have to try and whip a video out of that because I don't think I've ever seen it. It, it was in honestly, his autobiography he talked about that. He goes, I remember seeing it. He goes 10 clear. It's a furlong out. He, he looks around. He looks around again, but he doesn't look the right way. And he gets caught on the line. Oh. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, Jesus Christ, you ended up in the old Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That gets serious, serious, serious stuff. There's also the one with um, O'Sheen Murphy a couple of years ago at Chepstow. I can't remember the name of the horse, but he did something similar where he kicked 10 clear and he eased up, but he eased up in time because he he think he won by less than a length. 
But he kicked himself about it afterwards. I, I was reading somewhere earlier this year. I remember it happening. I can't remember the horse. <laughs> Ed, you might get five points if you can remember the horse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's your answer, pal? Um, pretty recent and obvious, but Dickie Johnson the other day on Time Hill. Oh, <laughs> that's, oh, that's still raw with people. Too soon, too soon, I know. Had to go there. No, knows cool. about Roxana, and obviously Paisley Park comes from nowhere on the other side of him. And if he had a look, maybe we wouldn't have to listen to him after the line as well. <laughs> Uh, that, that's what we want to see in defeat. We don't say Macy needs a bit more edge, doesn't it? Macy needs a bit more swearing and violence. Uh, James Watson, you can provide that. <laughs> well, last season's Cheltenham Festival was arguably the worst of my punting career. And it summed up in last year's RSA as Rachel Blackmore keeps so far <laughs> clear. As I had got a tremendous anti-post price on Manella Indoor and would have paid for everything throughout Cheltenham and it would have been an absolutely fantastic time until that bastard champ just came from absolutely nowhere. So just, I, don't, I, I was laughing at him turning for home. I was laughing at him. I stood watching over Presbury Park in floods of tears thinking, what has gone on here? And for that, I, I, I could have shouted champs behind you about 50 times. <laughs> I love it. I love it because I know full well that's entirely true and that the man is still not over it. Uh, first two questions. Adam Ed and Matt all have six. Unfortunately, Watson's got the lead with nine. Hey. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Somehow. This place is rigged. It really, really, trust me, if it, if it was rigged, it'd be any one of the three of you winning it and not him. <laughs> A little bit more of a straightforward one, this, although I'm really, really interested to see how people take this one. The Christmas period is one of the busiest times of the racing calendar. But what was the greatest racing performance during the Christmas period? Adam, it's your go first, mate. I went with a bit more of a serious answer for this one, right? To go for something in my lifetime. And I went with Corto Star's fourth King George in 2009, because if you want a performance over Christmas that is just sheer perfection, just watch that. He jumped magnificently. The the last fence mistake that we always wondered about, will he, will he make, will he fluff the last this time? No, he was perfect. He won by 36 lengths. It was probably his pinnacle performance as well. It was just marvellous. And it's something I always go back and watch regularly over Christmas. If you want something a bit more risky, then go for something like Side the Burley or the Storyteller or Presenting Percy or getting qualified for the attempts at Leckerstown because in that sense, they, they did what they needed to. And uh, it's actually Davy Russell. He's pretty good at getting sixth place in them qualifiers. Um, unfortunately, he won't be able to this time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, quite a a serious answer. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it is, it's not far off being the right answer, surely. It's got to be in the top three. Of anything, Ed, what about you, mate? That that was a good answer. It was one the first thing that came to my mind. But I'm throwing shots everywhere, I feel like. I've gone for... Um, Nico de Boinville's desperate effort not to win on the ground of Luke. there a couple of years ago. <laughs> in the dying strides, he's done everything apart from literally stand up in the saddle and yank a head back. And you could see on him, he's devastated. He's already dreading that beating he was going to get from the governor later. 
Oh, you have never seen a man more distraught to win a grade one race, have you? Oh, That's brilliant. Have you seen the photo of him walking in? <laughs> I, I might get it in a frame. It, it, <laughs> it, he definitely got salmonella from his turkey sandwich that day. <laughs> Matt, Rennie, what about you, mate? Oh, well, I forgot. I completely forgot about the Vazana Blue one. That's an absolute cracking shout. I've gone for a more of a winning one, um, and it's one that still makes my spine tick to this day, and I watched it. It was on racing TV today in the memories section, and it was Tidal Bay's victory in the 2012, what was it, Le- Lexus Chase. The Lexus, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. You look at some of the horses that are in that top four coming all together on the line, you think, oh, it still makes the hair stand back up on the back of my neck. That was an absolute... Somehow Ruby Walsh parted the seas there. He got through He got through a gap where the people on the border at Dover can't get, can't get through at the minute. <laughs> they are... That gap he got from Tidal Bay, unbelievable. And to beat the horse that he did, um, obviously he had that sick bag Fleming star and behind him though but god it was just unbelievable and I don't I don't think there's been a finish like that in a race at Christmas time not in my lifetime anyway oh yeah I, I, any mention of Tidal Bay I like it was a really good race it was a really really good race I retweeted it try this to, morning try to do everything not to win you know that awkward head carriage almost detached fifth turning in with only one fence to jump and he's still Ruby still managed to get him up it's ridiculous yeah oh, first yeah. lieutenant and Serda chomping behind him what a title title base is probably my favourite redemption arc in racing especially when he came to Paul Nichols I've never seen a horse at, at such an old age turn from complete git to one that actually really <laughs> wanted to win uh, it, it makes you wonder what he would have achieved with Paul Nichols had he gone there from the start because yeah. I know he achieved a lot with Howard Johnson, but his jumping problems, oh, God. and he, he was a bad bleeder as well. He had a bad back, he bled, and yet Paul Nichols turned him round. Remarkable job there. Yeah, what what a legend Tidal Bay was. James Watson, please don't say lost in translation in the King George. <laughs> <laughs> because we're, we're still in hibernation about that, but he's going to win this year, just to let everyone know. Um it is from the sta- same stable, and it was in the 2016 King George Thistlecrack. Uh, what a performance that was. Novice to win the race. Uh, Q card in behind. Sylvan Yarko Conti. Some performance. Tr- Tom Scudamore sat in the saddle, cruising on him. He jumped inch perfectly. All all of the others that have been mentioned were on my shortlist, and that's the only one I've now got left. So um, Thistlecrack was superb. That's all I've got. Sorry. Is it, this is this is the Chris Thistlecraft you beat Q card and Silvanyarko Conti when they're on the way out. All right, all right. You <laughs> took all my others. Chill out. <laughs> Adam wants them points. Uh, no, do you know what? I can have it. And I tell you what, if, if you were to if you were to sell someone after that race, that Thistlecraft wouldn't win another race again. I mean, you'd have been off, wouldn't you? Went white in uh, in the men with white coach. Yeah, they called them out on you. Jesus Christ, yeah. I'd, I've, I've got a personal little soft spot for a native river winning the Welsh National off top weight at the age of six. You know, to be doing that off top weight when it was Envoy Allen's six, now, you know what I mean now? I, he's just beating Grey Free Horses as much as we love him. Winning the Welsh National off top weight at his age, absolutely belting up the native river. Points as we stand... Ed, with his uh, Nico de Boinville shout, has drawn him level with Watson at the top, both on 11. Adam's got 10. Matt's got 8. As we move on, 
to the fourth question. You've got the power to give one figure in racing a present for Christmas. What do you give? Who to and why? And bear in mind as well that I'm a Yorkshireman and there's nothing we love more than a bargain. It's genuinely not a joke when I say that my nickname in my group chat at home is Cheap Deals Only. <laughs> Starting this one with Ed Priest. So one idea that I had was um, to gift Sussex Road a win against other rivals, but since he's already been mentioned, um, we'll, we'll give Mick Easterby a new set of teeth, I think. <laughs> I tell you what, Ed, you fired some shots today. Christ. I need to find something nice to say later on because I'm just slagging everyone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, brilliant. Legend of the game, isn't he? Uh, yeah, try, trying, to claw, trying to claw the respect <laughs> back. Whatever, whatever little thing you can get. What's... Um, in recent months and weeks, we have discovered the, the treasure that is Mick Winters with... Chatham Street uh, winning at Cheltenham the other week and uh, the other good Trevor Hemmings horse. And as you are the tight Yorkshireman, there's nothing more than you like than something that's free. Now, Google Translate for Mick Winters so I can understand (laughs) what he's saying. (laughs) I mean... I don't, is that for me? No, is that just for me? Are you buying me Google Translate? No, I'm buying Mick Google Translate so we can speak into it and we can all understand what he says. I don't think Google Translate would understand him personally, but... <laughs> I don't think Google Translate works like that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll find a way. No, Watson's wrong. Uh, Adam, you've got to be better than that, surely. Well... I was I thought long and hard about this, and I thought Nigel just twisting Davis. He deserves a brand new double coat. Uh, <laughs> not the horse, unfortunately, but we've seen enough of him in the old one. We should get him a brand new one, and I'm sure that'll lift his spirits over the Christmas period. He does love a double coat, does the twister. Matt, who are you giving it to? So this one's quite recent. I don't know if you read the story on the, um, you know, the, the trainer in France and Andrea Martialis getting the the six month ban for the, they essentially run a, an illegal satellite yard operation when when he wasn't meant to do so and they scammed out this uh, this poor old eighty year old man who didn't even know his name was being used essentially to run this yard. Um, and what it was was Martialis Martialis's sister Elisabetta was described as the black sheep of the family in all of this in the court case documents. So I was going to give them a uh, special guest appearance to sort out their differences on either the Jeremy Kyle or the Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Springer show. Judge Rinder. <laughs> Send that to Rinder. <laughs> there you go. It's the Judge Rinder one, that one, isn't it? It is. It is. Is, is this the man he had way to Paris, doesn't it? Yeah, this is it. He, he had that. And, um, yeah, no wonder he's in Japan now going to Paris. <laughs> Oh, my head's gone. I love way to Paris as well. I didn't know that his trader was a complete dodgepot. Uh, <laughs> Matt's ruined my Christmas, but he still gets some points. Bless up the way to Paris army. I'm glad I ruined your Christmas, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it'll get worse. It's it bound to get, get worse. If it wasn't going to get bad enough as it is. Uh. Oh, I. Time for everyone to have a rant. I couldn't let I couldn't do this without giving Watson his speciality. You can kick us off, Jim. When does racing turn you into the Grinch? 
Now, I've mentioned this many a time on, on the normal podcast, and I absolutely despise them. We've had a slight mention about six places, but it's Potemps qualifiers. I absolutely despise <laughs> them. What are the point of them? They're just races that you don't, you're not meant to win, but then that automatically puts you into a race at Cheltenham that makes you win. Why? Why do they do it? It's pointless. Oh, it really grinds my gears. You can finish six, but then that somehow makes it advantageous for you at a bigger race. It's, you, it's ridiculous. Do you, remember the old, do you remember the old rules for the qualifiers? I don't. If, if, you, were, if you ran in a qualifier, you were automatically qualified for the final. Or if you were inventive enough, like Unsinkable Boxer back in 1998, they entered him for a qualifier at Warwick, which was abandoned. But what they then did was they didn't reschedule it. They took all the entries from that and stuck it in the final anyway. So he oh. actually won the Potemps final in 98 without actually running in the qualifier. That makes it even more angry. He'd have, he'd have won the qualifier on the snap by about 20 lengths and still won the final off top weight. So it wouldn't have been a problem that year. Ugh. So essentially, what we need to do is change those rules back, tell Sussex Road's trainer to get him entered so we can finally <laughs> see him at the Cheltenham Festival. <laughs> but, that's what they've been doing all these years, just waiting for a potential plot job with Sussex Road. He <laughs> <laughs> turns up on the day and bolts up like Sergeant Burley did every year. And then like it'll be a fucking stayers hurdle contender as well. I think we've uncovered the plot there, boys. Yeah. You're right, Jim. Potemps qualifiers need to go. Ed, what about you, mate? Um, for me, I just went plain and simple. If anyone suggests flat racing is better than National Hunt, I can't have any oh, of it. Yeah. Oh, oh, like oh. You've done it's that insensible, sensible, Ed, because all of us are probably more National Hunt fans than flat fans. <laughs> yeah, that much. might not... That might not go across as well with a with a different audience, but I think I think you've read the room. <laughs> if you're on that, yeah, simple but effective, Matt Rennie. Do you know what? I've got a few, and it makes me think like that makes me feel like a grumpy bastard. Um, I'm gonna go for a different spin, um, and it's whenever there is all weather racing at Chelmsford City Racecourse. <laughs> um, the place, Wait, why? Is, the place, just to me, the place. The fact he doesn't have a well, banger doesn't have a grandstand, but it's got a bit about it. Whereas Chelmsford, you've got no grandstand there. It's mainly all where the racing turns my gears up. Just going around in one circle all the time, and it just seems so soulless and desolate. Get a grandstand built, make it the make it the Churchill Downs of England, and then I might try and anticipate it in a more welcome light. But that's my uh, that's my unique one. Um, I also had the many clouds chase in there, but um, <laughs> we talked about that. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. How I didn't agree with that race at all itself, and I won't say any more yet because I'm sure so, so someone might have a glaring one in there as well, and I'll be shocked if none of you put it in there. Yeah, Matt, I wasn't calling you simple but effective. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I've been called plenty worse on the phone. Oh hi, Adam Webb. What makes you turn into the Grinch? A lot of things turn me into the Grinch regarding racing, but a more recent issue that has irked me is high-profile horses and their well-being. Um, we had a recent example of the Easy Work sadly passed away. Uh, Fernie Hollow was ruled out for the season, but yet racing fans knew about it before the news was actually broken. And it, obviously, it's down to social media. You get the positive sides and negative sides of it, but. 
it's a fact that nothing is said by connections and it's left, it leaves people wondering what on earth's going on. You see a drift in the market, but that won't change anytime soon. And then there's another high profile trainer that I won't mention the name of who's been winding me up in recent weeks with will they, won't they, and he'll probably guess who it is. <laughs> I'm going to take five points away if you don't say his name. Oh. No, no, we're not having it. All right, then. I'll give, I'll give his initials, then. Um, NJH. Uh... <laughs> That's going to get... I'm going to censor that. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody knows who it is. Sorry, Nicky. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Hopefully, Adam doesn't get kidnapped by the Seven, Bar- Seven Barrels Mafia before this podcast is finished. We'll keep you updated on his well-being, uh, which, I, <laughs> which doesn't happen too often. As Adam has said, three questions left. The current scores: Matt's in last place with fourteen. Adam's got sixteen. James seventeen, and Ed Priest coming out swinging's in the lead with nineteen points, and he's going first for this one. The Welsh national goes on for ages and ages and ages and ages and ages. So, what's the best use of my time whilst twenty odd bloats of plodding? Twenty odd bloats. <laughs> <laughs> 20-odd bolts are plodding round Chepstow, Ed. I mean, if you're serious about not watching the whole thing, um, if that is the case, then, I head into the kitchen, flick the kettle on, maybe cut a bit of old cold turkey, make yourself a cup of Yorkshire tea. By the time you get back, sit down with it all, they'll still have two circuits to go, and you can enjoy the hardiest of stairs to battle through that glorious Welsh mud. Oh, you've almost made that sound noble. Almost made it sound noble. (laughs) What's not to love, yeah. James Watson. Now, last season's Welsh Grand National was won by Potter's Corner, as we all know, and it took him 8 minutes and 23 seconds to make his way round the Chepstow course. 493 seconds. Now, I know, Lewis, you're you're not a fan of the flat, but there's one specialist horse that you absolutely adore, and it's Batash. And I've worked out that you could watch uh, seven, and a, seven uh, races of Batash and three and a half furlongs of another of all these victories in the Nunthorpe 2020-2019, his Qatar Sticks uh, in 2020-2019-2018, his King Stand in 2020, his Temple Stakes wins in 2019 and 2018, and three and a half furlongs of the Abbey in 2017. <laughs> and then you've got you, the... Perfect timing. Then they're just about to jump the last. There you go. Well done, Watson. I think that's going to put you back into the lead, mate. Unless Adam Webb comes up with a belter here. I haven't got a belter because I, I take... I, uh, the Welsh National is a race that I absolutely love, being a staying chase fanatic. So what I do, very boringly, is I look for entry clues. Uh, less so in recent years because I find that the Welsh National has become a bit more of a, a specialist race in the terms that... It's always really soft ground, and I find that there's less horses that will go there thinking about entry, if you, if you get my gist. I mean, Tizard obviously won it with Native River Elegant Escape, and they sort of went away from entry and went for the Gold Cup instead. Potter's Corner was obviously going to go to entry last year, but on the whole, I tend to try and look at this race with an eye towards entry, but I find in recent years I've been doing that a lot less. But, hey, you never know this year, you might find something. No, you're right. You are right. I mean, it's not. It's not, it's not a, a rare occasion now when the Welsh national winner doesn't even get into entry. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, 20 years ago, as I was growing up and getting it, each year you'd look at the Welsh National and go, right, what's finished fourth or fifth that's running on eye-catchingly? What's going to go to Aintree and go run really well? Something like Bindery or... Um, that's something even when he won it. Bloody hell, that's a long time ago. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good shot, Adam. I say any, anything Grand National related. I'll, I'll at least half have. Does it, get, does it get me a bonus point? Uh... No. <laughs> oh, I thought every mention of Aintree got me at least five points. Oh. The boat. No, no. You see, I was toying with it. I was toying with it, but then that had just be really, really. I, I'm Kim Jong Un. I need to channel that. I need to channel that. <laughs> oh, I won't go to do. I'm not doing an accent, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do an accent, and uh, I feel like this <laughs> might be savage, but Lewis, couldn't you get a head start in that the, those eight or whatever minutes and trying to win Tip Star 2021 this time round? <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's a good dig. It's a dig that doesn't make any sense. No, no, it doesn't. Does it? it doesn't make any sense. It just I love it. It leads me onto like, my it leads me onto my compliment, and I'm sure the any of the listeners of Turf Talk and also the other guests here today said you did a wonderful to get that far, and you did really really well in the whole competition as well. So many congratulations! I picked one winner out of four. <laughs> <laughs> Just like most of the Turf Talk listeners know, that's that's an average. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's a lot of boys. He puts up one twenty to one winner all season, <laughs> and now he's giving it the bigger cross country races aren't even real, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Two questions left to go, and there's five points between them. And Watson, Watson's big answer there has put him back into the lead, but only by a point. Two left to go, Jim. I'll need your help with this, mate. Jerry Annan got the. Got the biggest Christmas shock since the wet bandits found out Kevin McAllister hadn't gone to Paris with his family last year when Fitzhenry was overhauled by... Roaring Bull! Thank you. <laughs> In last year's Paddy Power Chase, Adam Webb, how would you surprise Jerry this Christmas? Well, I'd tell him that Desi Scarhill's coming out of retirement to have his job back. That, <laughs> that would definitely surprise old Jerry as he comes up to the... Left his town commentary box on Boxing Day and he finds Desi sat in there ready to call the horses home. That would be a lovely Christmas present to Lewis Tomlinson <laughs> as well. I must admit. I do miss Desi. Oh, I me. miss Desi. Jerry makes me miss Desi. Oh, uh, to be fair, poor old Desi. Then again, we've got to remember Christmas crackers. Poor old Desi getting the wrong Breslin horse in the Paddy Power. And it's wrong to living next door who's won. Oh, no. Right, Lou, can I just, I'll say my Jerry present and then I've got a, I've got a scoot off. Um, I think, oh, how I'd scare him, sorry. Um, I'd offer him a pack of loz- uh, cough lozenges because I don't think he'd take too kindly to that somehow. He <laughs> <laughs> probably needs a few after commentating like that, oh. I know, then you, 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 you'll go to a Dundal Wednesday afternoon meeting and it'll be like, and they're off. And they're like, no time <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> it's, like, Jerry, it's, it's, 
Jekyll and Hyde, isn't it? It's like one minute he's, he's there, and then the next minute it's like Peter O'Hare stepped into the commentary box and they're off. I, I, I like to listen to like a Jerry Hannon like meditation <laughs> you know, type type album. You know, like before people go to sleep and they do mindfulness and get themselves in the right sort of mood. Can you imagine if you're about to, you're, you're about to fall asleep and he starts shouting roaring bullet? Yeah, that's, you'd be awake all night. <laughs> Deary me, Deary me. Anyways, I best shoot off, and I've just just before I go, a very very merry Christmas to all, especially especially you four. Thank well, you, Matt. Matt, while you're here, I'll hear the last one briefly. Yeah, go on, I'll, I'll briefly shout it. It's been a long and strange 2020. What's the biggest lesson we've, year, we've learned as a sport this year? That people in the racing world can actually unite with each other in tough times. That's a bit Bob Geld off. I know, it's a bit too much, isn't it? Um, I've all, all, also learned that um, never trust an Aidan O'Brien second string. <laughs> Or first or second or fifth or fourth. Matt, <laughs> thanks for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. You'll find out how well you've done when this is released. Um, <laughs> yeah, more chance, more chance of me winning than Sussex Road winning. So just to keep the name check in there. It's the most accurate he's been all show. <laughs> Jesus. Ed, Take care, guys. Very merry Christmas to everyone. Merry, merry Christmas, Christmas, Matt. Merry Christmas, Matt. Bye. James Watson there staying, saying stay safe as a Nicky Henderson Mafia hunt down for Turf Talk podcast members. <laughs> sat outside Matt. his house now, Matt. But I thought that's why he's gone. They're, they're sat ready for him now. <laughs> yeah, be wearing concrete shoes by the morning. Uh, Ed, Ed Priest, scare Jerry Allen, please. Um... I think I'd probably have to tell him that he's not the best at calling home a close finish. That'd have to be Derek Tomo Thompson, wouldn't it? What a man. What a man. Uh, uh, he'll, uh, he'll always brighten up a really dull and dreary card at Fakenham. <laughs> You're thinking, oh, look at this card. And here's your commentator, Derek Thompson. Oh, hallelujah, something to cheer us up. Although I, I think some people wouldn't see it that way. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's how he is, isn't he? And he's, it's nice. It's like, it's like when you go around your granddad's and they've got like, you know, sweets from eight years ago that no one's ever seen before, and then little travel tins you can only buy at service stations. That's what Derek Thompson reminded me of, a comforting service station tin of sweets. <laughs> Mr Watson, mate. Now, the the main race for me is, I, st- I still call it the Lexus. It's the Lexus in Ireland, and he will more than likely be calling it home. And it will be the Jan man being ten lengths in front with Tubbs McAnally riding him uh, at the age of 8 or 10 or however old he is. Is the Jamman going to win the Lexus? Is that your call? I, I'm not saying it, but I'm just saying it might happen. Do you, do you mean the um, three-mile hurdle? No, the three-mile chase. Is, is it, what, he's, in the, he's in the Lexus. I, they might supplement him. You never know. Holy <laughs> cow. <laughs> Jesus, that that would be a sight and a half. <laughs> yeah, 
Speechless, everyone. Can you hear that? Speechless. I am speechless. Yeah, I'm, I'm... 7-4 favourite for the Gold Cup if he wins that. <laughs> and they're trying plotting so he'd lose so he can win a handicap next time. <laughs> oh, I didn't just say that, did I? Oh. <laughs> imagine, imagine losing, losing, losing the golf cup as a plot to win like the fixed brush next season. <laughs> well, to be fair, well, then again, there were trainers that used to use the gold cup as a national prep. That was a, that was a great one. That you'd see something like Mini Homer finish sixth, and then you go in the national carrying what ten stone eight, which is how the handicapper used to be trained. Nowadays, horses like him, yeah, eleven stone something it would be. Yeah, say so the disparity is massive, isn't it? Uh, I, I, I'm not really sure what you, what you were trying to go with there, Watson. Uh, I, I know we like having a dig at McNally this time, but I don't think it made much sense. Uh, so moving into the final question, Matt's already gone and he's in last place, even having a question more than everyone else. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Adam's Adam's got 22. James is 23. Ed, you've just got to hold this lead. Don't do a no, time hill. <laughs> yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, the last question, it's been a long and strange 2020. So what is the biggest lesson we've learned as a sport this year? Adam Webb. Biggest lesson we've learned as a sport this year. Well, the biggest lesson I'd say we've learned this year is that sport can show unity. I mean, on the whole, I'm going to say that there's a little branch off where there were certain trainers at the start of the flat season who were complaining, <clears throat> Mark Johnson and uh, Rafe Beckett, uh, who came together to try and bring um, everybody against one another by saying that the BHA should be doing more than they were. For what it's worth, I thought the BHA did an excellent job through the initial crisis. Um, they're never going to please everyone. Uh, but to be fair to them, they did a bloody good job of getting the sport back. So there are other lessons to be learned as well. But I'll leave that for another time. <laughs> it is a bit Bob Geldof, like I said. All this unity and hope and all, aren't we all friends? Watson, say something mean. <laughs> um, that certain companies shouldn't be trusted for their horse food in case it's contaminated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think uh, I, I'm not big on uh, food of horses. I, I, I know I'm a considerable sized man, but <laughs> I, I don't eat horse food. Uh, so I think they should, they should be careful on what you're putting in in the horse food because I think it was a bit of an outrage that uh, Aidan O'Brien's horse didn't get to run in the uh, at the art meeting. So that's what I've learned. Roger Varian, did you read the story over there about? Varian in France. I didn't. With the contaminated food. Well, they'd run a few horses before it came out that the feed was contaminated. So, unfortunately, sent over Angel Power and Queen Daenerys to win in France, and both of them got disqualified because that sample came up in the in the post-race analysis, unfortunately, for them. So, yeah, bloody food companies. <laughs> oh, we won't name them for legal mind. rights. Yes, food is food's the best thing ever. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Ed Priest, can you cross the line, mate? What's your answer? <laughs> um, I should start it off nice. Like, I'm a big fan, and probably the reason I kept listening to racing podcasts, the big one, a few years back. Um, oh, <laughs> I, Kevin Blake just hates racing, doesn't he? 
no, but it, he, I think he's actually got an awful lot of good points to make, and everything he says is is said for the right reasons. Um, certainly opening my eyes to a lot of things which could probably be improved. He's right on a lot of things as well. Is, like yeah. recent article about national hunt racing. I know we all love it, but he makes some really good points about how it the take the grading system and completely change it. I wouldn't be against that. You might see horses run more often. Oh, who knows? No, there are, there are too many graded races. Oh, I agree. Mate, I, think, I, think anyone, I think anyone who disagrees is a maniac with that. I, I don't understand how, any, how anyone wants. Everything's a grade two. I mean, we basically have a weekly crap grade two novice chase. It'd be, it's easier to get black type in a grade two novice chase than in any other type of race. Uh, nowadays. Yeah, black type with anything now. Well, I say anything. That's a bit. You you can get black type with horses that you. I'm think you can get like listed novice like um Newbury, at the Hennessy no Labrick Trophy meeting. Sorry, um they have that listed mare's novice hurdle there. If you have a horse that you could get a horse that runs to the mid one twenties perhaps you could go and run in that and hit the frame, and you've got black type straight on your pedigree and it's ah uh, yeah. I, can I we get? Can we try to get some six-year-old back type? She's still old. This will be a novice. He's still a novice. <laughs> to be fair, you could get some six-year-old black type. Yeah, finish easy. Finish. Running with one of those three runner group two grade twos. Yeah, exactly. Piece there we piece. go. Piece of piece. Hey. And it would be great for the mayor as well. I mean, I know that he's probably got six. What? Why is his rating actually so six-year-old? Um, I don't know. Twelve. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of, um, oh, what was the horse in the flat? Uh, Bix. He was running in conditions races, rated 42. And he was running against horses rated like 90 and 100. God bless Bix. Um, he last run off a rating of 78. God, Sussex Road. I, I thought he was less than that. Yeah, well, was it, that because it was a handicap, so that was the lowest rating he could run off? Yes, that, <laughs> that was. The lowest I can see going down the list is 44. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he'd have probably been out the handicap then, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, he's back class sixes for his, him. His official rating over fences is 46. However, over hurdles, where he's only had nine career runs, he's got an official rating of 51. They're missing a trick here. They should go back over hurdles and he might win a race. The temp's block job. <laughs> he'd likely race over hurdles and could improve. <laughs> <laughs> I quite frankly think he's underrated. <laughs> <laughs> then again, he's trying to go after, um, oh, what's the horse? Quitzel Crossit's prize. Everybody remembers good old Quitzel Crossit. He never won a race, and I think he, he had over 100 tries at it as well. I, and if this turns into a proper series on this showing, that might be a bit like Matt Rennie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hazard. Managed to cross the line in front. I just have a simple one. Don't shout glasses that are sniffing. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. What a story, what a story that was. Oh. I mean, to be fair, it's just done him absolutely no harm whatsoever, has it? Done him absolutely no harm whatsoever. He gets to miss Chelmsford. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> that won't be bothered. <laughs> No, exactly. Exactly, he's a lucky, lucky man. 
Isn't it, isn't it incredible how his band falls at a certain time of the year and he only gets just enough so that he can come back for the turf that season? And it's, it's all coincidences, isn't it? Well, to be fair... It's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's, it's one of them where if, if he reckons... And, it's, you know, the proof is that he's not being... He's, he's not ingested it of his own accord, etc., etc. Mm. I guess I guess you can't be going as harsh as a as a as you will be in a Frankie type scenario, but mm. yeah. To be fair, I think he, he managed that. It went away. It went away. And then he went on BBC News and did like a Dominic Cummings type <laughs> interview. <laughs> At least it wasn't sat in the gardens of Downey Street. Here I am. No, no apology for being late. Oh dear. But, but machine. Everyone's fine with it. Everyone's fine with it. No, no one's fussed. No one's fussed now. Stop, stop, stop. The more, the more you try and deflect, deflect away from it, you're bringing the more attention onto yourself. It was sound, mate. Just let it go. Bless him. Uh, lads, thanks for having us on. Thanks for coming on with us. Not thanks for having us on. <laughs> That's what we need to say. Me and Ed are now taking over. That, that's the, the shock announcement. <laughs> the final scores. It is now time to find out the winner of the very first episode of Turf Talk Jocked Off. In last place with a score of 21. He's not here anymore, so it doesn't matter, but we like having him on anyway. Matt Rennie. In third with 24. Adam Webb. Oh. It's a fine start, it's a fine performance, and it's tight at the top. It's very tight at the top, but Ed has done a time hill, he's in second with 26. Unfortunately, to the chagrin of everyone, please boo James Watson. Fix, fix, fix. Thank you very much, this, this means the world to me. Uh, this, is, me. This, is, this, is, this is what I've dreamt of since a child, and... Being the first winner of this is is absolutely amazing, and I'd like to thank everyone. <laughs> yeah, just just transfer me that fifty, please, Jim. No problem, no problem. It's all the Paisley Park winnings from the weekend. You've you've made out like your like your icon this weekend. Come from behind to snatch it at the death. Uh, thanks a lot to Ed Priest for coming on. What a great showing as well. Some absolutely belting answers, and uh, you're probably best off hiding from the Easterbys. <laughs> locking the doors tonight oh, Adam's already got his locked because yeah. Henderson and De Boyneville are outside uh, with spades and shotguns uh, but thanks for coming on with us and hopefully we'll have you on again soon if you make it through the night <laughs> I'll, I'll message you in the morning just to make sure that I'm alright <laughs> text me when you get home safe hon three, three rings uh, <laughs> when you when you pick up on the third ring, <laughs> oh, James, James, well done, mate. Some some belting answers. Uh, me and you will be back to talk about the Christmas racing soon enough. Yeah, I think that is a bit miserable with just the two of us, won't it? <laughs> I won't. I wonder what you're gonna say about the King George, and I'm already fucking despairing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Lewis, for these questions. Uh, uh, superb and, and a great host, uh, as always. Stop talking out your ass. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot to everyone for listening to uh, this Turf Talk Jocked Off Christmas special. 
I hope you like it. Let us know if you want to see more of these. I said they might become a little bit of a spin-off podcast. We hope you've given you a few laughs. And a very, very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. See you later. Stay safe.